Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello again, outstanding podcast family, beautiful soul. It is so incredible to be with you again, sending you out a huge energetic hug through the airwaves, hoping that you're here and now is amazing. We've got an outstanding podcast for you today. We've got Brian Bergford, and we've entitled this one, The Art of Peak Performance and Cultivating a Winning Mindset. So we're going to dive deep into this one on the art of communication. Um, He has a dog training background, so we'll give you some basics. Uh, We talk about the formula for truth, seeking understanding, how to deal with negative people, how we can create a winning mindset, uh, how to transform adversity into power, how to deal with life when the crap hits the fan. I use a different word for that, but you get the idea. Uh, Surrender as a fundamental piece to self-mastery, the process versus the objective. So this is just, I have a huge list from my YouTube channel. So this is a deep one. There's tons of epic tactics in this this one. So you're going to love it. I want to thank you guys who have been supporting the podcast. I appreciate you very much. Um, Some of you have been taking an action over on Patreon, and I really appreciate that. I want to thank Gail Blair for going to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and throwing a buck in the bucket. That really does go a long way. If you want to do something for free, the best and most important and most valuable, and please do it, is three acts of kindness. Uh, Go out of your way to do it. You can pick up a piece of trash, let somebody in in traffic, uh, get somebody's name, that counts get to know your community uh pay it forward um randomly buy one that i've been doing is uh you go through the checkout and um just ask the person behind you and pick something cool like i usually try to grab the ice cream or something like that is like can i see that for a second and i scan it and i'm just like free ice cream day or something ridiculous like that so um just be creative with how you're gonna do um acts of kindness and it's really about engaging the community it's about the actual action so please if you want to support the podcast at least do one kind act today um you can also leave a review on itunes um this one is from rsc alive from usc usa and it says wholesome ingestion of eloquent love really awesome podcast matt definitely a wonderful source of healthy information super interesting people uh wanting to make a difference in the world a better place and making the world a better place including yourself thank you from generations to come you are bringing a clear space for this light so thank you so much for taking the time to do that it is really appreciated uh for those of you guys reaching out for coaching i'm doing more 90 minute sessions now um they're basically full-on breakthrough sessions where you get really clear on what it is that you want what's holding you back uh how to design a plan for a life that is fulfilling to you is something that motivates you how to overcome blocks so the 90 minute sessions are pretty intense um, and we can also do uh, more one-on-one coaching so if you're really serious about leveling up if you're in a company if you're ceo um, or if you're just basically looking to make a transition in your life and a lot of people are looking to make a transition right now so um, i help you basically get an understanding of where you are um, give you some tools and processes to figure out what fulfills you, what is most important for you, and then 
help with the direction because it's really about a building process. So giving you practical tools and techniques to begin building and living the life that you want. So just hit up Matt at zenathlete.com and fill out the coaching form at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. If you want to do that. Um, also, really exciting news. Um, David Lonebear and I and Clifford Mahoudi, so the Zuni elder, a Zuni elder, because there's more than one, um, and the Migama elder are going to be together in Sedona August 4th. So get your butt there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be amazing. And the more people that show up, the more uh, wisdom they can share. They're, both of their lineages is over 20,000 years old. It's oral. It's unbroken. It's truly incredible. And the title is looking for the star people um, because that's part of their history. It's part of their culture. It's just normal to them. Um, so we are going to be in Sedona. If you can make it, please come in person. It's going to be an incredible experience. So uh, we're just finalizing the details and all that. And it'd be amazing to see you come. So this podcast is sponsored by David Lone Bear Pass. Check out his work. Listen to what he's saying. Um, Go to LoneBearsArts.com and check out real vibrational jewelry made from ancient copper scroll technology. It's truly bonkers. He uh, sent unmanned balloons into space decoding a signal. Like, you can you can research this. This is real. This is nuts. I'm here in Maine trying to figure it out, um, and everything's legit to me. So what do you think? Go check it out. Um, make sure you go over to uh, my website, sign up for the email list, and if you want a free lucid dreaming, just go forward slash lucid dreaming and get an ebook and a guided meditation. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, check out zenathlete.com if you haven't already it's really a guide to self-mastery so give it to your kids give it to any athlete and people in business if you use those uh, techniques for business you'll be such a level up because nobody ever even thinks about these things um so yes good book check it out uh i think that's it i'm gonna stop yammering because we have a an amazing episode to get into um before we do it let's come into a uh, place of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world just taking a deep breath in through your nose Setting the intention to come to peace and coherence now, letting go of all the cares and all the worries, all the self-doubts, all the task lists, just being here and now, and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath, and just really feeling present and connected and peaceful. Just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries, just allowing yourself to be fully present. And now one more deep breath in through your nose, really magnifying this feeling of peace and presence and appreciation and gratitude. And I'm sending you all of my love, my gratitude, my support, my well wishes. Just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Now you can go about the rest of your day in peace and coherence and gratitude and appreciation and surrender and faith. So here we go. Let's get into this incredible episode with Brian Bergford. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a peak performance coach at Bergford Performance. He specializes in helping motivated athletic business owners gain the tools to take their businesses and their lives further. He is focused on creating a powerful psychology and mindset, which is colored by a depth of experience across a number of disciplines. He spent nine years mentoring people and mastering their relationships with their dogs before transitioning into helping people develop excellence in business. He understands the importance of operating from your strengths, and he's an expert at discussing the psychology of winning and creating a winning mindset, being a great competitor, and the art of effective communication. 
He is on the board of directors of the International Association of Canine Professionals and has authored multiple articles for the Canine Professional Journal. He's author also of the Transformational Dog Training, Bring Out the Best in Your Dog by Bringing Out the Best in Yourself. Welcome to the show, Brian Bergford. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it, man. It's so good to be with you today. Yeah, man. It's great to have you on the show. Um, you know, I got sent your bio. We're definitely kindred spirits. You've done a lot of work. Um, we're in similar fields. I always love talking about peak performance, mindset, psychology, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm excited to dive in. And you have a very unique background um, in dog training. And the only thing that I know a couple things. Number one, Caesar Milan, which everybody knows, but he always talks about like training the human and not yeah. the animal, which I think is so important. And when you look at that relationship and, and I, I kind of was thinking about it before you came on the show, um, how that would change your thinking and you could take those skills out and give them to people. So I'm curious to, to learn like how you adapted the two. So maybe you can just start with a little bit about your unique background and, and everything you're working on now. Yeah, of course. So I actually in college, my major was in psychology and I've always kind of circled around that issue of understanding the human psyche and why people do what they do. And it's been endlessly fascinating for me. Uh, so that's kind of been a constant in my life. And then I also had a gift for working with dogs and it started actually fairly casually where I would just help people that friends, family, whatever, that needed help with their, their dogs and problems they were having. And it came pretty naturally to me. So that built up over time. And I was working in the corporate world at the time, and uh, it grew into a full-time gig. And so I, I left and formed a couple of uh, businesses in that world that were successful, like a training company, training and behavior rehab company, as well as a daycare boarding facility. And as you pointed out, dog training is always so much about it's I'm coaching people on how to train their dogs. And, and, and I've always been coaching people anyway. I'm, I love, I love helping people get especially the best out of themselves. And so as I built these businesses up, it was able to, you know, have people in place managing. I was able to come back sort of to my first love and really get into the, the performance coaching aspect of things as well as speaking engagements and all that. Um, just love inspiring, you know, people toward their potential. And that's always kind of been my gig. And, you know, with the dog training thing, it's, it's totally coaching people. And that's actually my favorite part of it. I mean, I do like the work of, you know, the dog training. I really enjoyed doing that. At the same time, the people coaching has always been my thing. And what I did with Bergford Performance Systems, Bergford Performance Systems is I wanted to split out the people coaching so I could go really deep dive specific into that, as opposed to it being sort of an adjunct or an add-on to some of the work I was doing with dog training clients to just keep those two a little bit more separate so we could get a lot of benefit from being sort of purpose built in each of those realms. Awesome, man. Yeah, it makes sense. And they're obviously like a mirror image, like it, it just makes sense to combine the two. I know that I have a lot of listeners that have animals that have pets. We can dive into wherever you want to go because I do want to get into peak performance. But for those who have dogs and you have so much experience, can you just give like a little bit of like a mini mastery course? If you have animals, like how do you train your dog? Because I had a dog. My dad was a pretty good trainer. Um, but I have seen people who do not know what the heck they're doing at all. 
And so yeah. maybe if they're hearing this, you can just offer them a foundation, just some basics so they can get going. Cause a lot of people have no idea what the heck they're doing. Yeah. So I, I would say that the worst thing people tend to do for themselves where they get tripped up the most is going online to try and find the answers. <laughs> and I, and I appreciate that though too, because I'm the type of person I will research things. I'll look into it. I do my due diligence. And th this is just one of those fields where the information is out there online, like pretty much with anything. The, what it, what it comes down to is yes, all the information's out there, but it's not going to be customized for your individual dog, your living situation, your family dynamics, who you are, your handling style, your dog's personality, temperament, et cetera. And so I think one of the most helpful things I could tell people is don't make more work for yourself by trying to figure everything out until you get to the point where you have to call a professional in to help. It's so much easier to kind of just like we do in performance coaching, right? You go to people that have done something and you figure out how to model that behavior and to have a coach come alongside you that can see what the situation is and give you very targeted advice. It saves so much time, energy, and money, even though it look, and it is an investment. It's not how much does the training cost? It's how much is it going to cost you in blood, sweat, and tears and agony if you don't get it? And I think that's a huge tip a huge tip that I would give the information's out there, but knowing how to condense it for your situation is the real value in having somebody come out and, and help with it. Gotcha. <clears throat> Makes sense. Okay. So let's dive right into motivation. Um, it, you, your expertise is broad. Um, and I don't know if maybe you have an idea of where we should start off, but we could either go on some of the tactics, like, cause you have systems. So maybe you could describe some of these systems for creating a winning mindset, you know, achieving success and excellence or, yeah. or motivation and people kind of struggle with that sometimes. So you could either pick from those two hats, whatever. Sure. sure. And it's interesting because I love getting really, really specific when I'm working with individual people because I can kind of see what's going on and how they view the world and all the little idiosyncrasies and the things that contribute to the way that they process information. And I can then get really targeted and specific and very tactical because I know who they are and here's where we need to go for you because it's different starting points for all of us. We're all at different points in our development. Um, sort of speaking and like you said I, having a very broad background and a lot to pull from I've always been of the mind that I want to be very holistic sort of in the way that I'm approaching it and some people it's like their nutrition is all jacked up and so they don't feel right and it's hard to have a lot of energy and be very motivated if your body and your system doesn't even have what it needs to function at a high level um, other people it's it really is just sets of like old beliefs and things that have gone unexplored or unquestioned. And some of the beliefs are great and they're empowering and they allow them to excel and go forward. And other beliefs are totally killing people, right? And most of the time they're unexamined. Other times they're not aware of it. And there's also times where they know that it's there and they'll defend it like crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, don't do that. Like, it's a belief. It's not who you are. It's something that you picked up for whatever reason. And 
assuming they've got a compelling future. And the people that I work with tend to, right? Like they have big goals and dreams. So I, I work with anybody who's high functioning as an individual already performing at a really high level, very highly achieved, but they want sort of that extra thing to kind of kick them over the edge or they've got something that's very compelling that they want to go toward. And that's just built into their nature. I specialize in, in CEOs or CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners that also compete in some form of athletics because I, I'm one of those and I identify with that mindset. And so when I work with those people, they tend to have some very distinct goals and that are kind of crazy and out there and they really want to go for it. And because they have that, if it's important enough to them, then we can point out, like, is your belief more important or is your dream and your ambition and the legacy that you're looking to create, which one is more so? So I, I don't know if that helps and gives us something to start with, but that's just top of mind. Yeah, well, no, I definitely understand that. And, and I guess that what I would ask would be, for those listening who want to start to apply these things of peak performance, mindset, psychology, like the principles that you've uncovered, because you, you give a, a bunch of talks on different topics, including um, communication skills, uh, the nature of high performers, so lessons in excellence. And so, you know, and any of those talks that you give and you're giving the structure to, you know, what kind of fundamentals or structure could a listener or viewer apply to achieve more excellence or more um, skill in, in what they're doing yeah. in business or life? Well, I'll touch on a couple of things. So the, the communication, uh, that's critical because if we don't have quality communication, it's going to be a bottleneck on where we can go. And so whether you're, uh, you own a company or you work within a company or you're just trying to communicate with the people around you, I think foundationally there has to be as a, as a principle that anybody can put in place. It's kind of, cause we, I think all of us know these things, but it's a matter of auditing where we're at at any given moment and bringing awareness to how we're showing up in the moment that day, that week. So first of all, communication to me is so much about having that ability to understand the way other people see things and without getting judgmental about it. Some people have a really difficult time with that. They can't get to the other side of the picture and understand why that person would say things that way or feel that way about a subject. And I think where a lot of people get tripped up is they're like, I, they, they're trying to put themselves in the person's head, but then they're seeing everything through their own filters still. And so then it comes back around to getting really frustrated. And it's like, no, 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 you can't see it through your filters because if they saw everything through your filters, they would think the exact same thing you do. We need to be going at this from not just understanding what they're saying, but realizing where they're coming from and developing a true desire to understand somebody and where they're coming from at a core level. That doesn't mean that you're going to agree with them after it's all said and done, right? But the first, like the best quality of somebody that's a good communicator is they, they've got to be obviously a great listener first, not necessarily somebody who 
who um, is really good at speaking. That's not what it's about. It's about listening and truly having a desire to understand at the deepest level so that you can create communication that's authentic and um, a connection between you and the person that you're working with. So that would be the first thing I'd say on communication. And um, I'd be curious to get your take on what you've, you've found <clears throat> some of the people that you work with that you really appreciate the way that they communicate if you have any thoughts on that too yeah um the the biggest piece of advice that i would give is something that i i learned a little while back from this guy core love it's a bit of like it's like uh, he's one of those like crazy people that i listen to <laughs> but one of the things i learned from him is what he calls the formula for truth and so you got the x and y axis right the 90 degrees and so let's just say um you know, the X axis is up and the Y axis is down or a square versus a circle or flat earth, round earth, which I use this on for just completely opposite. Okay. And in the middle is 45 degrees. Right. And so if we're, let's say round and they're flat or they're up and we're down, they're polar opposite. Most of the time when you're like, they're like, I'm up and then I'm going to tell you everything about up or religion or belief or political. I'm left, you're right. It doesn't matter what it is. It's an opposite. And so what we think immediately is we're not really listening and we're, we're waiting so that we can, we can share our 45 degrees, our information of the other side and convince them over here. Well, if you flip that and you imagine that there's 45 degrees of information on this side, and you seek understanding about why they believe that. Why, why are you up? Why is, this is exactly what I did with a flat earther. It's a guy that I met, it was hilarious. And like, not hilarious, like it was, it was a good argument. He was just a hilarious human being because of just who he was, he's funny. Um, <laughs> but it was a funny circumstance. So I was like, okay, man, like lay it on me. And I just got two hours and I was like, oh my God. And like, it made me consider if the earth was, earth was flat, but what it did was give me new perspectives that I wouldn't have had, like regardless if it's flat or round, like it gave me these new, like just openings in my mind of different things and perspectives to see because I was seeking understanding, not seeking this is the way it is. And so that's my main feedback is like, we're not really seeking understanding, kind of like what you said. And it yeah. opens up to that 45 degrees of information. Um, so maybe you get it at, you know, uh, 98.2, right? All the way up there. And you just take one nugget and then you go all the way back to round earth. But you've just, I found like four nuggets and I took it back to my, my right. world being. Yeah, and I think, I, I love that. I think there's, there's so much to be said about truly caring about the other person and creating understanding. And like if every discussion has to be about I need this person to agree with me, like that just defeats the purpose. And I love what you say, you're talking about like I, I believe in around earth still, but there's different perspective shifts. Sometimes they can give you a uh, in my experience, I found an angle or a way of looking at something even that's unrelated that would have never come to mind for me. And it's only because you had that discussion and it wasn't like, okay, I like wait for the person to finish talking because this is a bunch of crap and whatever. It's no, like I want to hear what you have to say, right? Going to suspend judgment. And I'm fascinated about how you got to that conclusion. Like, I want to learn about it. So I love that. You, I love that you bring that up. That's, that's a great example. <laughs> um, so when we're talking here, what I'm, what I'm curious about for you to feedback it, that I get a lot is uh, how do you deal? How do you help somebody deal with a negative person? Um, either it could be, okay, I got a, 
a client friend of mine um, has a business and there's an opposing business in the same field, exact same field. And that person is like not the most ideal person is very negative and like trying to basically drag a human down. So you've got that example. You've also got the example where you go to work and you're paid and you've got like Tom or Larry or Nancy or whoever, and they're just total drags and they're so negative, you know what I mean? But you want to be able to communicate with them like a regular human being, but you also don't want to get dragged all the way down into their baloney in which they're offering you because sometimes it's shot right at you, right? Yeah. They're just shooting it right at you and it has it's none of your business. So do you have any helpful tools for that in having a high functioning communication within a business? Sure. So when you were talking about the business, were you talking about maybe a business that's, I think you were saying that's down the road, that's a competitor and they're just like spewing negative at you kind of stuff. Is that what you meant? Yeah, exactly. It could, it could be that, it could be a competitor, it could be anything else, but yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right. that part of it, cause I, I have had this experience and it was really bizarre for me because one of my businesses, it was just my whole thing was to go in and like, hey, let's, let's partner up. Let, let's figure out we're both in the same space. We're serving a lot of the same people. But I feel like if we're connected, we're going to be able to help each other. We're going to be able to pitch stuff back and forth and make our businesses stronger. That, for whatever reason, didn't go over well. Um, I, th I think it comes back this particular instance, the folks were pretty defensive, um, very much kind of guarding their turf. And I'm just like, there's plenty of business out there, right? Like, like what's going on? It was just a difference in mindset, right? Like scarcity, abundance, all that. So there was some, there was a number of things. I thought about writing a little book about this because it was so amusing, all the crazy stuff that, that went down. But for me looking at that, yeah, we all get frustrated. I'm not, you know, there's times when people say things that are going to grate on your nerves. You're like, that's so untrue. I, like, why would somebody say that? But again, it comes back to that person doesn't have the same mindset and perspective you do. And so stop looking at it. Like, of course you would never do that because that's not how you operate. And I think that's part of it is reminding yourself, listen, they're operating the way they operate. Like, I'm going to take the higher road here. Um, and that's a deliberate choice I'm going to make. And I'm going to recognize if they're throwing all that negativity at me, like I really as quickly as I can get to feeling compassionate toward the other people. Right. And it doesn't make it right what they're doing or anything like that. It's just, it helps me be able to um, be okay with that without me getting super spun up and spending a lot of cycles, wasting time on trying to change somebody else that has a really negative kind of view of things. Same thing in the workplace, you know, people with coworkers. I think part of it that is helpful is, again, one, coming back to awareness of who you're really spending the most time with. Because there's probably some people that are in all of our lives that aren't quite as positive as we'd like to think. I, you know, I love the, it's the second matrix, I think, where the architect tells Neo, um, the most predictable of all human responses is denial. And so the first thing is, are there people around you that you're choosing to engage with, go to lunch with, hang out with that are really great people, but there's no value add there. And that doesn't mean that um, you can't be in contact with them, but if you have something really important, on your docket that you're looking to go out and create, you cannot afford to have inefficiencies in your mental energy. 
and your physical energy because it'll affect that too. So part of it is there might be some people that are a little more negative than we might like to admit because we care about them so much we don't want to identify maybe i'm spending a little too much time and energy over there uh, for the people that are just nasty at work and coming at you you know in the moment it's like breathe and and it's so cliche but it's so true because we know just breathe but almost nobody does it just breathe like before you do something that is going to put you on the same level and you're going to regret it later and it's going to look foolish, breathe, save yourself, okay? And just stay grounded and true to who you are and recognize if you get swept up in somebody else's game, you're going to get way off your game and they're going to beat you with experience, right? Like never argue with a total jerk because they will beat you with experience. And so I think it's staying grounded. And again, going back to that compassion thing of like, holy, there must be something going on in this person's life or something happened that they would think it's okay to behave this way. And I think getting that perspective, because in those tense moments, it's the little things we do that can have us go one direction or the other so never underestimate the little things it's it's not so much that there's this big trick and this thing that's going to get you through that without feeling any kind of angst but focus on the the small things you can control it'll make a big difference i think awesome man yeah that's a wonderful answer <clears throat> it just you know for me it's just taking responsibility for what you can do because you know they're not making you feel a way you're feeling a way now it might be appropriate because they're directing it at you but you can hold your responsibility for how you respond although it's challenging and recognizing that it's their shit you right. know what i mean i like to yep. say that nobody who woke up today who got their partner said i love you and their little dog said goodbye on the way to work and the kids are crying. It was a total a-hole at work. Probably, maybe that person's dog died that day. Maybe, maybe something terrible happened. Maybe they had a traumatic childhood. It's not excusing their behavior, but it's understanding that you don't know what, what, what they're processing, but your example of how you act and how you respond gives them an opportunity for change. And it's a really powerful thing. And it kind of leads into another question I want to ask you, and which I like, because I, it's like uh, talking to a colleague of like, what do you do for this? What do you do for this? I'm just going to keep um, shouting them at you. But I love it. you have a talk um, transforming uh, adversity into power. And yep. that's really important and it, because that, that is also another way of saying how do we take our challenges in the crap and make the most out of them because every single human on the, in the world deals with some sort of crap. Just some of us are better at responding to it than others and some of us, we get this little piece of crap and then we just like lay in it. And then we're just defeated and we can't even get out of it. And it's not even bad. It's just, it's just life, man. Sometimes you just don't know how to get out of it or, or have a powerful perspective. So maybe you can feed into yep. that. No, I love that. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is building sort of a psychological buffer for yourself. There's, we, we are all very familiar with, because it's so tangible, the effects of exercise, working out, athletics, it, Etc. Because if you train for it, you're going to be conditioned to right to be in a, You're going to be in a really good place. And if you're really highly conditioned, even if you like take some time off or you have an injury or you have a small setback, you're so far ahead of the game that you're going to really outperform most everybody because 
you put in so much legwork on the front end and you're still fit and you can come back much quicker. The same thing I believe very much applies emotionally, spiritually, all those types of things. And so the more we build ourselves up from an emotional standpoint, it's, um, you tend not to crash as much, right? Like if my baseline of positive emotions is up here as opposed to down here, it, it takes a lot more for something to kind of send you into a tailspin. And that's one of the things that comes to mind because it's proactive. Not many people do it. It's like be, being healthy, right? People are like, oh, I'll worry about it later. And then they're on 15 medications when they're 52 years old. And it's like, well, like, I'm glad you enjoyed all that. But now this sucks, doesn't it? And it's really having the vision to see down the road and know there's going to be a point in time where I need this level of conditioning emotionally, because something's going to happen. And I'm going to be in a better position, the stronger that I am, I'm going to be able to take more on and I'm not going to crash as much like I said so that's one thing then when the poop does hit the fan as it does for all of us right recognizing it's not unique to you like nobody's doing it to you you're not special it's not because the god or the universe or whatever hates you like stuff happens right and I because it's, it's so easy because of the way our minds are built to default to the negative and like mother, oh, and just to get so frustrated about stuff, but recognizing, all right, is this, is this really, is this really a terrible thing or is this an opportunity for me? Because I've always noticed that when I don't take care of things and I don't learn my lesson, it's like three months later, something else happens. And I'm like, gosh, this just happened. And then I'm trying to get out of it. I've done this so many times, it's insane. Then I'm just trying to get away from it. And it's like, that stuff's going to cycle back around and bite you in the rear end again, because you haven't taken the opportunity for learning. And, and to me, it's never about getting away from adversity. It's, it's about having more quality forms of adversity or problems or challenges, whatever you want to call them. So seeing things as an opportunity, and it's not just to say this in like a, yay, just think everything's an opportunity. Like, this is very, very, very practical. Like, we're responsible for the way that we operate our brains. That's what I believe. And I think some people don't operate their brains very well. And then they can't figure out, like, why they're miserable and depressed all the time. And, you know, and there's a lot of forms of, like, things around that type of a situation, right? Depression can be, like, legit, right? Like, there's chemical stuff going on. Um, a vast majority of people that 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 I've worked with and and know and helped it's like they're not again being aware of the things that they continue to allow to persist in their life they're not creating the emotional fitness up front and so anything can send them into a tailspin and then the first times and as soon as something comes along the first types of things that tend to come to their mind is oh my god why does this always happen to me and that's such a bad position to be in versus like, okay, like, this is interesting. This is pretty special. Um, is it possible that this is an opportunity for me to learn something? And it, and it could be an accelerator. I, I personally have found that my greatest challenges and adversities have 
absolutely spawned tremendous growth in my life, sort of like wildfires. You know, I'm not talking about the little adversity. I'm talking about the stuff that just wipes you out almost. But the, the soil is so fertile that there can be incredible growth coming out of that, that we have to tend and water the seeds that are going to lead to great opportunities and learning lessons. And then right, I would say the last thing here that is coming up for me is recognizing there's a bigger picture beyond yourself. People that get very internal and driven toward themselves, and the reason I can speak to this is because I've done it all exceptionally wrong <laughs> plenty of times. So um, I've kind of mastered the other side of it too, which is um, it's bigger than you. There's a bigger picture out there. There's other people in the world, like none of us is an island. And so a lot of times I feel like us walking through adversity, there's people watching you that you're never going to know are paying attention. And somebody that's in a worse place than you might see the way you're walking through something and they know you're hurting, but you say one little thing or you make one choice in front of them and it shifts the mindset for them and changes their trajectory. Get outside of yourself. And it's not easy when you have stuff coming at you, right? Because all you want to do is go into protective mode. But if you can remind yourself of things of this nature, this is bigger than me. There's other people around me. There's people that are counting on me, right? And what if this is an opportunity to serve them instead of asking myself why this always happens to me and going down that route? Amazing. Really <laughs> amazing answers, man. I love all that. I was taking notes the whole time. I really like I really like the um the opportunity piece because it's it's our perspective and we we get to choose that. There's a great book by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. I'm not sure if you've yes. read that. Oh yeah, that's um, awesome. I think it's something along the lines the last and greatest of the human freedoms is our ability to choose our own way, our own perspective. Yeah. And if we see it, it's not quote for quote, but it's Close, probably. Um, <laughs> um, but it, that if you see the problem as a problem, and there's another one. What is? Ah, it's it's from a comedy too. It's like, oh, it's a uh, um, the pirate movie with um, Johnny Depp, and he's yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's like the problem isn't the problem; it's your like view of that it's a problem or something. It's just hilarious. But yeah. the idea is that when we when we have this thing, it. It, we can perceive it as a problem or you can equally perceive it as an opportunity to redirect your energy. And then where, where I kind of double down on that idea is just by this fundamental belief that the universe is on your side and your to-do list isn't the most important thing that the universe might have for you. You know, you might be like trying to get like a relationship or something or like, you know, this business deal and you got to get somewhere here and your tire pops and you're like, Oh my God, I got to get to this thing. And you know, and rather if you just chill out, maybe the person who pulls over the universe just lined up something like from some sort of higher intelligence, if you can surrender into the universes in your side. And I can speak to this because today, the power went out in the house and uh, I was like, okay, cool. I had a coaching call and I had the podcast with you later and I had to go see a friend. And now I didn't, I didn't have a map. Um, so I had to use my phone. Um, so I go down the street to problem solve and plug in my computer. Right. And, um, that didn't work either. And so then I got pissed off twice, but very briefly. And then I had to come back because I was like, damn it. And then when I got stuck in this, I was like, damn it. And I was like, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to get a hold of you 
to let you know that there was no power here. But then I just surrendered, surrendered, you know, really quickly. And then I was like, the universe is on my side. Maybe you can just sit down because you doing all these things that you need to do. But it's, it's not so much that like we don't fail in a perspective that, you know, is unserving. It's just catching yourself. You know, so just just catch yourself and come back to it because if you believe it's an opportunity and you believe the universe is on your side, you can have a little bit more peace and ease surrendering into what you think is crap and maybe the universe is trying to steer you somewhere more beneficial or give you a learning experience and, and honestly, every single thing is a learning experience. It cannot not be this whole thing is a school nobody knows what's going on and we're just doing our best we're just a bunch of cosmic children confused along for the ride right and i i love that you said you know you know you kind of snapped yourself out of it pretty quickly and i used to be a professional at lingering in that so i get pissed off or something and i go like oh my gosh there i go again and then it would just cascade and it's like i did it and then it becomes this whole thing that's way bigger than it needs to be instead of just recognizing like everybody has feelings and things pop up that are unfortuitous seemingly and they get upset but it's being able to snap back from that pretty quickly and the surrender thing to me is so so critical it's sort of i mean i can't know for sure but if if i had to guess if i'm god i'm going like dude like if you're in control like you don't need me right so like i'm gonna i'm going to give you the free will to do what what you feel like you need to do if you would turn it over to me but i'm not going to come take it from you right and so i think that that sometimes is the most powerful and it's weird for a lot of people i had this conversation with somebody about two weeks ago that surrender is really powerful it it takes it takes an act of courage and somebody who's pretty confident to actually be willing to surrender. And, and when they're not necessarily at the point where they have to surrender, right? They recognize that early and they think, you know what? There's bigger forces than me in play here that can move a lot more things than I can. Yes, we need to do our part, but some people can't get out of it. And for me, dealing with, as you can imagine, mostly other type a individuals right that that you deal with a lot as well it's so hard to step out of that stream and just allow it to flow on its own but i think and i can at least speak for myself i've missed probably some opportunities that would have been much greater if i had gotten out of the way and let something greater than me come in by just surrendering to that listen i've like done my part here but i also know and sense intuitively when I need to step aside and not get all worked up trying to make it happen on my own. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a really good point. There's, there's a balance between like the push and pull, the peace and ease, you know what I mean? You can't, I think a lot of the, the type A's and the high performers is like, go, 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 you know, and then they biohack how to not sleep ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Biohack. It's yeah. like, you know, bio kill yourself yeah i know right which which i'm i'm happy in one sense for the biohack because it's like it's moving into like performance but then again like from from another perspective it bugs me because like you know this is just simple taking care of your body we shouldn't need earthing and biohacking and all these things to understand like to have some sort of basic practice of our body it's like biohacking like 200 years you mean eating vegetables and taking care of your body 
and just some general exercise, huh? You know, but we're 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 in such a backward society. But when you go to the peak performers, and I'm and I'm sure you're aware of this, um, it's just like I feel like people can get lost with the acquisition of winning. And I was coaching one of my clients the other day, and she loves hockey. Shout out Marianne, she's she's amazing. Um, Marianne, <laughs> yeah, she's, she. She just loves hockey, and we were both cheering for Ovechkin. Well, I was cheering for more Ovechkin to win the Stanley Cup because uh, I like him. I think he's a great hockey player, and he deserves a cup. You know, L.A. is coming in. they just new team. They don't need it as bad as Ovi does. Anyways, he wins the cup, and he has his Stanley Cup moment, right? Ovechkin, his whole life is playing hockey. Stanley Cup moment. Fuck yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, He's cheering, right? And that's the peak. That's the pinnacle. That's the prize. He's got it. Now, he got that moment when he held the cup, and he loved it. Then he got the locker room, and he got the beer in the face and the champagne and all that kind of stuff. Then he got two weeks after that where he was at the uh, – I saw this clip come up, and like half the Washington Capitals are drunk um, at a baseball game. And then it goes away, right? Your peak – NHL might be – or the the – whatever the case is, your goal, that end point, that moment is fleeting. So one of the main principles that I, I try to relate when I talk about Zen athlete or I get interviewed about that is how do you make it the Stanley cup winning moment throughout your life, whether it's business, your, your end goal, getting better at something. How do you live with that sense of like completion now? Because even when you get there, if you get it, it's fleeting. And then, you know, so you can like hate the whole process or you can love it. And if you are whole, complete and harmonious on the journey, you're going to way more likely get there. And when performance comes down to it, you will have less stress hormones in the body to allow you to adapt and play at the highest point and ability than you can because your self-worth isn't on the line. You're cool anyways. So I just wanted to see that and throw it your way in these principles of how, what are the habits of high achieving individuals? Um, and you know, what do you, what do you see some, um, you know, you have a thing on like the nature of high performers and I would love to hear your uh, thoughts yeah. on that. Well, I will, I will transition from the last story you told and say that I think that's the only time somebody wants a beer in the face. Um, he said that. I'm like, that would only happen after winning a hockey championship where that's a good thing because everywhere else somebody's getting punched, right? right. Yeah. Um, the beer in the face. Uh, a lot of what you just said actually is absolutely right in line with that. And, and again, we've heard it, but the thing of it is sometimes we get so sick of hearing the same things over and over. And then if we go and look at our lives, uh, you know, uh, really I can speak for myself here too. It's how much are you activating that principle in your life? So for instance, the whole thing about the process versus the, the objective, right? I talk about this a lot with my clients too, especially because we by nature have things and we want to go out and we want to get it. And we just, you know, we want to get the goal and tackle it and make it happen, right? That's our thing. And I think it's that goals and visions, they're very, very compelling and they should be very inspiring to us. And we should hold those up because some people really don't. It's like, hey, what's your, what's your vision for your, for your marriage? And they're like, what? And it's like, oh God, right? Like that's a huge red flag already. Like you don't have a vision for that. But I think a lot of the people that we are working with, they are goal-driven by nature, but the 
problem that I found um, both with myself and with people that I've worked with over time is if you're so on the goal all the time, yes, you're not really going to enjoy the process very much, but it's also not sustainable. If you're looking for sustainable peak performance and you're holding your emotion, your positive emotions hostage to like, nope, not until I get there, right? I'm just going to drive. I'm going to drive. I'm going to be pissed off as much as I need to until I get there. I'm like, that's fine, but you're probably going to stroke out pretty young and you're not going to enjoy it. And the wreckage you're going to leave in your path, you're going to have to look back at that at some point because, you know, um, I remember talking with a professional bodybuilder years ago and he's like, like uber famous bodybuilder, right? And he was talking about some of the things that he did to get to where he got in that sport to go to those elite levels. And that's just kind of crazy. And in hindsight was saying, that was insane, right? when I'm looking back at it, I can't believe I did that. But when you're in the middle of it, we can all get so caught up in it that we do things that we're going to have regrets for later. And so I think really seeing the entire picture is a big thing. And then recognizing too, like, why, why make yourself miserable until you get there? Like you said, if you don't, um, if you don't empower yourself and you don't have good emotional drive that's really leading the charge most of the time, you're either going to burn out or like you get to performance day and you put so much stress on yourself that that's the worst time for your body to legit crash or your psychology. And so I think building up and having and fostering and choosing and deliberately practicing having positive emotions. And whenever we get caught up in like, no, 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 like I can't, I'm not going to feel that until I get to whatever these stupid arbitrary things that we put on our happiness. And if we would just strip that away, I'm going to say this, <laughs> the world would be a happier place. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but it's true. And we'd be performing at higher levels, but also enjoying the journey. So, you know, high performance sort of habits, if you will, absolutely people that learn to love and fall in love with the process. And I'll tie this back into something that with the dog training stuff you asked about earlier, one thing we work on a lot in, in rehabilitation specifically where dogs got a behavior, they're being aggressive, what have you, we will train incompatible behaviors a lot of times. So we'll pick something if the dog's being reactive toward other dogs or people or bikes or cars on leash, we will identify a behavior that's totally incompatible that if they were practicing that behavior at that time, they can't be reactive to all this other stuff, right? And so I think that we, we really need to look at sort of training ourselves to have incompatible positive emotions sometimes so that when we're in a situation that that becomes our default and our go-to and not what we would just naturally sort of gravitate into if that makes sense yeah yeah i i think just to get some clarity so would you be, be saying like you have um an instinctual reactive reaction in a positive way to some sort of negative external stimulus like a trigger yeah, yeah, right. So you create triggers for yourself. That's one thing. That's one thing I think that you do is you create triggers for yourself so that when something pops up and even adversity, it's a practice to become adept at handling adversity in an adaptive way. And so earlier, I loved when you were talking about, you know, sort of flexing and flowing when stuff comes at you. Part of it, especially in things like um, Aikido, right? Where it's so much about absorbing the energy that's coming in and instead of trying to just stand there and take it like I'm strong enough to deal with it, 
It's like be intelligent, work with it, flow, right? Move around, be creative, use your head. Yes, be strong, but be smart at the same time. And so, you know, agility and just going back to, again, the adversity piece, um, you can see adversity as something that also makes you much, it gives you an awesome opportunity, an awesome opportunity to test your muscles, right? It's like, dang, right? Like, I haven't been faced with this before. I have been faced with this, but this is more intense. That can actually be a moment where you decide, I'm not going to talk tail and run here. Like, I'm going to step up to the plate, not just get mad. But what if we, again, have a, have a thing where we actually trigger into becoming resourceful by saying, like, awesome, like, bring it on. Let's see how strong this can make me. Let me be intelligent. Let me be agile. Let me take what's thrown at me and turn it to something for my advantage. And that's one thing that I absolutely believe high performers are excellent at doing. Um, I like, you know, referring the reference of just emotional alchemy, being able to take what comes at you and like turn it into gold. And sometimes you are going to be angry for a period of time. Like I recognize that, but it's like, how does the anger get channeled and funneled? Is it into something constructive that over time you transmute into something more powerful? And I think one thing that I rabbit trailed that I wanted to get back to earlier was this idea that people that really are great peak performers, they learn how to turn, when we go, when we're talking about the journey versus the goal or the objectives and all that stuff, they learn how to find certain things that they need to do that need to be ritualized that are disciplines for them in their craft. And it may not necessarily be a pleasant thing in the beginning, but they find a way they dig and find something in that that they can actually latch onto. And they start actually legitimately loving the work. And when they start loving the work, that's what we'd call like a self-rewarding or self-reinforcing behavior right? That in the beginning, it may not have been something that we particularly enjoyed, but now, because I've been looking for it, like, what can I identify here? And I've just, I've stayed steady. I've stayed steady. What could I identify here that I actually am starting to enjoy a little bit? Because of the people that fall in love with the hard work, man, dude, it's like game over because then the process is really empowering. And it's not just the process is the drudgery that they endure to get to the important thing, which isn't really the important thing. We know that the process and who we become is the best thing we get out of it, not a Stanley Cup. No offense. I think Stanley Cups are awesome, but it's what you put yourself through and what you find out about yourself. And winners love that. They absolutely cherish that type of an opportunity, um, especially if it's sustainable in their life. Awesome, man. Yeah, there's so much, there was so much goodness in there. I, I understand what you're saying more deeply now. And I, I would see it as a conditioned automatic response to something and you can do that, but you take some training. And one of the things that I offer to the people that I work with that, uh, either they kind of get stuck, like whatever, whatever you give your attention, energy, and focus to, you get more of, you know, that's just law of attraction 101 shout out michael lozier one of my yeah. mentors. um and you know dr joe dispenza where you put your attention you put your energy and pretty much every uh, mindset spiritual coach would say that but you know if if um you 
are thinking negatively all the time or you have a catalyst or you have um, adversity, if you can condition yourself to once you start to go down to all the negative things and stop it and figure out, so what do I want? What do I want? What, what do I want the outcome to be? And so what I get them to do is I get them to wear a bracelet or something. And every time they get down that rabbit hole, and as you said earlier, you like to, you like to wallow in it and people love that. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. wear it. They like to try it on. Oh, like, yeah. They like to tell everybody, you know what I mean? I am in the shit like right a badge now. Badge of honor. Yeah. Totally. Conference Jeez. call, get everybody in, a few Facebook posts, you know. Rather than going that route, take the bracelet, take it off so it's outside the mind and now triggering the body, switch it to the other wrist. So now you're starting to condition an automatic response. So if you're a peak performing athlete, if you're in a high level CEO, if you're whatever, but even if you're a regular Joe, you're just walking down the street. You, you want a more peace in your life. You want to deal with your freaking kids that are driving you nuts. You want, you know, whatever the case is. So your dog's driving you up the wall. You don't want to boot them. Um, uh, you can condition yourself to have an automatic response of whatever you want that response to be. Compassion, three deep breaths, um, some space, um, sprint in the other direction. Um, you know, three kind things to yourself, whatever it is. But you could literally just sit there and then just imagine all of the things in the last week where you had that adversity or catalyst and you're sitting there and you're visualizing and you go, okay, boom, boom, boom. And then every single time you see that, now see yourself make the change and visualize the change. And now you're starting to program it little by little. And over time, it will become your conditioned automatic response. And then now you're naturally responding. And this is something that you have to learn in martial arts and high level sport because you don't have the luxury and time to just sit there for five seconds and be like, Oh, I should do this now. Nope. I just got punched right in the face. Now <laughs> the ref is waking me up because I just got knocked out. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I love that. And I think that they, it, again, nature of high, high performing people, uh, if they're going to be in it for the long term, they understand taking, like radical levels of responsibility. They are very much concerned with the things like their internal environment and controlling that as opposed to the people that are like, no, but like she said this. And it's like, I'm like, are we in fifth grade again? Like seriously, like I, I realize she said that. That has nothing to do with how you're responding to the situation. And it's, it's, it's a drive to be, um, you know, is it internal or external, right? My world is controlled by inside or from outside. And most people, unfortunately, it's from outside. And we all get caught up in that from time to time. But all these pieces really work, work together, right? Um, peak performers understand these things, but responsibility is one of the keys. They just, um, I, I, something I like to say to people is only common men and common women can afford the luxury of excuses. And, you know, like that hits home for all of us right? I was like wallowing in something a little bit earlier this week, but you get better, like you said, at conditioning yourself, but it's not, it takes a lot of stink and hard work, right? Everybody want, everybody sees something, let's say it's athletics, they see somebody win an Olympic gold medal, and that's super inspiring, and oh my gosh, like I wish it was those people, and like all this stuff, and it's like, it's like, no, right? They're like the ridiculous amount of work that went into that. Well, I, I don't have that kind of a body type, but right. You were designed very specifically in a way that's unique, 
nobody else on the planet, you have a unique set of gifts and talents and abilities and a blending of gifts that nobody else has. And if you were to maximize that, you would inspire the snot out of everybody around you, right? And so when we see the people accomplish great things to even something as simple as that is that and going like, how can I use that to look at my life? Like, gosh, I could do more. Like, what could I do to add more value to the people that are around me? And there are some peak performers who aren't really big into contributing to other people. Uh, I, I think that's kind of sad, right? Because it's just keeping everything sort of contained in their little world. But the people we really admire, haven't you found it's, it's the folks that really truly have a heart to give, right? I must be here to import or to contribute something important. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Um, There's a movie called, oh gosh, somebody's going to know this out there. Like the invention of Hugo. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Hugo Boss? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I think it's called the invention of Hugo. And then there's some long last name. And I think it's an animated movie, but or cartoon, whatever. But I remember watching that because there was a great line in there where he was talking about there almost no machines have they don't have extra parts. Every part within a machine has a purpose. And if I'm here in the world, there must be a purpose for me too. And sometimes it takes faith to believe that, right? Like not everybody's in a great place right now. Sometimes people are kind of down in the dumps crazy things happen in people's lives like we were talking about earlier. Maybe somebody snaps at you or says something crazy. You don't know what's going on with them. Things pop up. And um, to just sometimes recognize in those dark times too, because we all have them peak performers as well, to go back and not get totally swept up in your emotions but and, and get caught up in your head because that will screw you up every time and it'll keep you screwed up. But um, if you are going to use your head, remind yourself of the truths of things like that, right? There's no extra parts. So if I'm here, I must have a valuable purpose too. And if I'm not available, the whole patchwork doesn't work the same way. That's amazing, man. I love all that. And I Googled it while you were talking to uh, Hugo Cabre. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Anybody wants to check that out? That, yeah. I think the book, yeah, there's a movie called Hugo and then there's a, there was like a book of it that's called The Invention Of. That's where I was getting kind of mixed up, but ah, I couldn't remember gotcha. that last name. So thank you for looking that up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, those are, those are all really fantastic points and I 100% agree. And, and what I'll just kind of give back as you're just shouting out some awesome stuff is, um, you know, you, you understand what a winning mindset is. So I was just curious, like you've touched on parts of it, but like, how do you create a winning mindset in anything, whether we're looking at peak performance or again, like your, your daily person that they've got, uh, you know, they're the average Joe, middle-class human being, peak performer, doesn't matter. Cause every, wherever someone is, they want to go somewhere else. <laughs> if you have one company that's worth a hundred million dollars, you're like, well, you know what, Sally, I could get to 500 million. And you know, right. and then the person that's like doing their nine to five, they're like, you know what, man, like I screw this nine to five. I want to do something a little bit else. And you, you also touch on something, um, um, how to have an impact and the opportunity to make a substantial contribution, which I friggin' love. And I feel like coming from a spiritual enlightenment woke or whatever you want to call, call that, business now because we got words for that too um just 
doing something that benefits another human being, which for me is the only way to true fulfillment. There's probably other ways, you know, fully going in and stuff, but like just one that's really obvious that makes sense to be fulfilled is like contribute to other people because they're there and it feels really good when you help someone else. And it feels really great when someone helps you. And it's just like, we're all brothers and sisters on planet earth. Like, let's just be cool. You know what I mean? Let's just like lend the hands of great stuff when we work together. You know, there's no limits on this planet when we work together we got to get out of this competition scarcity mindset you know freaking undermine the guy next door take everything we can you know wolf and sheep's clothing it's so right yeah I'm, i'll go in a rabbit hole if i go the wolf and sheep's clothing being like the cars this <laughs> like being there I'm like you better not do that with me man i will i will, I will smack you um but it happens and, and it's not the greatest thing so i was just curious if you can just go somewhere with with that yeah so you were talking earlier about the sorry just circling back around so i make sure i answer the right thing you wanted to target in specifically on what again and any target basically i was talking about like making a substantial uh contribution but also the art of a winning mindset so it doesn't matter whether you're you're the athlete, whether you're this business person, whether you're the middle class, you have this goal and we need to create a winning mindset around that goal. And then that maybe just tie it into the uh, substantial contribution that might be one similar in there. I just added that because I think it's important. Yeah, I think part of a winning mindset is, again, mental habits, like how often do you revisit um, your successes? It's very easy to get to the end of the day and feel like you haven't done as much as you wanted to. And it can be a little bit discouraging. But if you actually sit down and like write out, like, what were the victories I actually had today? Because we do need a certain level of confidence and drive if we want to win. And in order to do that, it takes a little extra effort, right? But that's okay, because the payoff is wonderful. So like one thing I really like to focus on is identifying what wins I have. This is especially important for people that are really hard on themselves, which is a lot of high performing people. They're hard on themselves and like that has actually driven them quite a bit to get better and better and better. But at some point, isn't it nice to shift over maybe to a momentum that's carried by like, I feel great and I'm making a difference here and I'm actually, I'm really proud of myself. Not, not in a boastful, crappy way, just like, I'm going to give myself some credit for the things that I've actually accomplished. And we can take that stuff for granted sometime because it's like, well, yeah, yeah, of course I did that. But take the time to really look at even at the end of every day and just jot down a list of like, what were the great things, right, that I felt like I got done today or that I contributed to other people. And I can just be basic stuff like that. And if you actually get it out on paper, a lot of times we might be feeling like we didn't really have a win. And then you look down your list and you're like, dang. And that can carry over into the next day and the next day and the next day. And so we have to build up confidence. And I think that again, goes back to paying attention to the wins that we've had and giving ourselves credit for that. Of course, there's a humility piece too, that's important, right? Um, but yeah, in terms of winning mindset, another thing and contribution too, the identity that you hold for yourself is super important, right? If you don't see yourself as somebody who's particularly a winner, and this should go without saying, but it's foundational, 
if you don't really truly see yourself as somebody who gets the job done, even with, you know, seconds left on the clock or whatever the case may be, listen, I'm a pinch hitter. I go and I get the job done. Whatever that is, it's got to be an empowering identity because that's going to drive your behavior. It's really difficult to, um, it's like the whole thing about this obsession with underdogs. And this, this just popped into mind for me. I was, um, this was years ago, this was years ago, not too long ago, but probably five years ago. And I was sitting around and kind of thinking just like, like, yep, like I, I love being an underdog and everything. And I'd kind of had that sort of identity and there's some benefit to that maybe, but it was one of those moments where I just, whatever people want to call it, the universe, God, you know, subconscious mind, whatever works for them. But for me, it was just sort of, God kind of stepped in and was like, who told you you're an underdog? And I was like, oh, maybe me, right? And there's, there's implications to thinking of yourself in a certain way. And again, attaching whatever you do to like, I am a this or I am a that. And so winning mindset is a lot about how you identify yourself, which then you know, can spin off, of course, into self-talk, but they go hand in hand, don't they? The things we say to ourselves and the language that we have in our own heads, which is the most important conversations we will ever have, in my opinion, because it affects not just how we perform, but how we treat and contribute to others. The things we say are going to be so much colored by what our identity is. And if we think we're a really warm and caring person and that's part of our identity, when we say things that are kind to other people, it comes across with a totally different level of authenticity and power than if that's not part of our identity. So that's something I'd be curious to get your take and spin on this as well. But I think identity is really critical to a winning mindset. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's it's so important. Um, I would I would, you know, when you're saying that, it's some of the what I teach and, and help people with. Um, we don't really look at, like, I don't use the word identity usually. I just like like who are you, right? And we'll talk about values and beliefs, right. and just to to take a click a quick look inside and really, you know, it's funny when I work with athletes that are like coming second. Um, it's usually I. I self-worth you know and when it's looking for people who want a little bit more fulfillment in their life it's just they never thought about it you know they just never yeah. even thought about it i was like okay cool question one if you had a million dollars every single day and i were god and could give you anything you want what does your life look like oh it's this okay what of that could you get in like two weeks if you just said screw everything else well most of it great so let's get your priorities straight here you know right. what I mean? And then, then we, we, we re-identify with who we really are. And what, what's happening right now is we're identifying with our avatar in the matrix, which is cultural programming and what we think we should be, you know, right. Uh, right? We need 2.5 uh, kids in this house and the job, you know, and Dave down the street, got to make sure my lawn's better than his lawn because screw his lawn and just <sighs> bullshit that doesn't even matter. But right. when you really get like, um, clear on who you are and what you value, like what you talked about the inner world or the outer world, um, then, you, then you can start to look at, you know, what beliefs are you holding on to? Where did that come from? What, I think a very high percentage, a percentage of the planet is dealing with like massive self-worth issues. And now our young kids way worse because in high school, when we were there, it was just like, you just felt 
like a loser. Now, now it's like you got a score chart outside of that, right? And you got like, you know, you have, you know, you have zero friends. You're like, shit, you know what I mean? And everybody sees yep. it's like, you get it, you get kicked in the nuts twice, you know? Right. I mean? That's hard, man. I had a, I was, you know, reasonably, you know, liked in high school and had good friends and was athletic and, and it was still like terrifying, you know? <laughs> so, right. So, you know, but that shit carries with you forever. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, your life experience is a direct reflection of who you believe to be on the inside. And then yep. sometimes the challenge is that some people have had traumatic experiences and then they identify and they hold on to that like mm -hmm. luggage. And it's not that it wasn't hurtful. They just got to learn how to let that go and craft that identity, um, it, like who they want to be and really figure out who they truly are because who you are and who you think you are, are two different things. And when you can kind of shine a lens on it, um, you're going to have a lot more freedom and a lot more power to power to move in the direction that you want to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, comes back to <clears throat> examining the unexamined sometimes, right? And that's why when people, you know, if they're doing coaching with somebody like you, to have somebody come in, just a third party to be able to look at things and just make some simple suggestions. It's not, it, things don't need to, everybody wants something earth shattering. And like, almost nobody looks at, it's like the God is in the details thing. And it's like, look look at some of the little things instead of trying to have some giant epiphany or whatever that everybody wants and like i need somebody to you know entertain and inspire me and it's it's like no dude like like little things greatness is always built to me on like a bunch of tiny little steps stacked one on top of the other over a really long period of time and uh one of the things i talk about sometimes in talks that I give is if something is really important, one of the indicators when I, and we're talking about things that you make um, integral to your life, that you put structure around it, that you have rituals, whatever. And it's got to come back to recognizing if it's important, it's probably really easy to do and really easy not to do, which is why most people don't do it. And then they're looking for some big thing, like some big hit, like I need a grand slam in the ninth inning. And it's like, dude, like bunt, you can bunt the entire game and you can win. Right. But everybody wants like the big thing. And it's like, just take the little steps do again. I forget who I heard say this recently, but the next right thing, just do the next right thing and then just keep doing it over and over and over. And like, it's not an easy thing to do, but that's why there's not many people, right? Getting to what they want. And this can apply to everybody. Like you said, not everybody is into like this huge peak performance thing with these huge goals, but we're all in the same boat together that whatever it is we want, we have to break it down into small steps that we can see and like, yeah, I could do that, right? And then get to work and stay steady and stop pulling your head up and looking around and seeing where you're at constantly. There's times to measure that, but I feel like most people pop up too early as they're headed toward their goal and like business and they're upset because, you know, their company is not at like $500 million yet. And so it's like, dude, right? We had this conversation like, six months ago, right? You're at a hundred million, 500 
is a way like stop popping your head up constantly just do the right things and get some good people around you that can help maybe identify if there's breakdowns in the process so you can get back on track but i find that most people look around too much and they get really discouraged because they just want to be there and it's like do the little things man I don't know what else to say, like do the little things that most people won't do, at least on a consistent basis over time. Yeah, man, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's, it's interesting because I have been seeking the secret for my whole life. I'm only 34, granted, but pretty much all 34 years, I have been looking for that secret. And I went to China to find it with the Shaolin monks. And the secret is hard mother effing work <laughs> yeah. towards a goal that you want. That's how, that's how they were able to, to do like break the stone. It was Qigong. It was like years of meditation, not a day, no, not two days, years. They right. had dent holes outside the tree. Um, some of the masters can break a stone with two friggin' fingers. And I, and I interviewed him and I was like, how do you do that? What's a trick? And he's like, no trick. What's a trick? No trick. Cause I want to make sure, you know what I mean? I was like, well, what's a trick? And then just start slamming his fingers down on the desk. And he's like, no trick. And he's like years. And there's a translator. It's like years of hard Qigong conditioning and there's dent holes in the tree. And, and so the thing is, it's not complicated, but we're not doing the basic things. And we're looking for, like you said, like, like the right way. So you kind of got two things. You got your, your, lose weight type. This is an idea. You lose weight by continuing to eat the potato, change nothing, keep eating your diet, but grab this band and it will shake your fat around and you will be healthy. Now, maybe that will work a bit, maybe, or since the beginning of time, exercise and a diet. Now I know it's tough and I know it sucks and I know motivation and you get all the books. I understand that, but you know what the answer is. It's not complicated. The people where you see the stories of them doing it, they made a change. So you got to find that change within yourself somehow. Um, and then the other thing is like looking for this, like, uh, yeah, that perfect moment rather than doing something, because the thing is you start in confusion and then clarity begins to happen. And if you can just move forward in the direction, you're going to, you're going to be doing something. You're going to be getting feedback. You know, Nassim Haramine from the resonant science foundation, I did that physics course. And he's just like, Basically what's happening in this universe is just like, it's, it's, you're feeding back with your own thing. You know, when you're a little kid and you touch the stove, you're like, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Okay. Touch the stove. Well, guys and me, I don't know. I'm dumb, but it's just like, <laughs> it's like, ah, damn it. I was like, ah, I got feedback. It's like, okay, cool. I definitely learned that. You know what I mean? Just like, don't do that. So the universe is giving you feedback um, that you can learn and grow from, but it requires your action moving forward and taking that step and not looking for when the moment is right. And, you know, God himself comes down and crowns this moment for you to do this task that's worthy for you, which I've looked for. And I try to communicate with spirit in the best way. And what I've learned is that you are the thing moving it. And through your actions, you get the feedback and then continuous guidance uh, moving forward. Yeah, the, the great moments, those sort of epiphanies that happen, I think one of the easiest ways to avoid having them is to actively seek them. It comes back to, again, trying too hard, trying to force something, trying to make it happen. And it's like, dude, again, I, I love that when you're talking about the Shaolin monks and everything and like, what's the secret? Like, seriously, what's going on behind the curtain? Like, let me just 
take a peek and see. And nobody wants, that's not true, but a lot of people do not want the answer, which is, I busted my rear end year after year after year after year. And this is the magical result of all that. And when we learn to like go in and do the work time after time after time, it's amazing the things that pop up along the journey for people that they're just like, dang, like I wasn't expecting that. And that's part of the magic of it, right? Is when you're not expecting of it and you don't feel entitled to it, like I'm entitled to this result. No, you're not. You have the opportunity to pursue something like that. That is the wonder of it. You have the chance to pursue it, right? Like it's sort of like the pursuit of happiness, but it's the pursuit piece that's so critical. And again, doing the right thing, time after time, stuff is going to happen. I, I agree with you totally. The universe, God, whatever the larger forces that, that we might believe in, they show up when we show up. And when people aren't showing up and they're like, now it's somebody else's fault. It's like, ah, oh, gosh, get a big lunch. Come on. So get a big lunch. I have never heard that. Before. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to be here for a while, you know? Oh my Gosh. God. <laughs> that cracks me up. Well, man, this is, this has been a pleasure. I know you got to get going in about five minutes. So I want to open up the floor. Uh, first, just say thank you for coming on and, and uh, sharing your wisdom and your work and, you know, getting out there and doing it and um, just teaching this stuff because it's important. And it's the common, you know, it's, it can be common knowledge to some, but this isn't stuff that we're really taught, but anybody can apply. And once they kind of have it, and I agree with that, like having somebody outside that perspective, you know, I always try to have a coach in anything that I do. Um, and I seek out the yeah. best coach that I can because really most of the time the feedback is like, okay, this is what you got to do. Have you been doing it? And then I can say, Hey, I want to do this too. They're like, okay, do that also, but then do this thing that you have to do. It's like, you know, if you want strong legs, do squats. If you want to lose weight, work out five times a week and eat vegetables. You know what I mean? Done. Done. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, 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 health, <laughs> yeah, the health coach is going to be like, yo, did you do that? And you're like, no, why not? <laughs> you right. know, and now you have a mirror just helping guide you. But then if you've got some expertise as well, you can really get into some stuff too with, you know, visualization, um, belief programming. There's lots of cool tools out yeah. there. And really what it is at the end of the day is an exploration of self. And that's what, you know, was an athlete in sport that I hope to give to youth because adults, if you want to be messed up, that's cool. But I want to help the youth because like, that's awesome. you know, with the mindset of using sport as a catalyst, just to be the best self you can and skateboarding, it was go skateboarding day the other day. And as a culture, they're the best because they're so supportive. You have the best guy doing the hardest trick all day. The worst kid who would be nerdy and like, a, you know, a quote unquote loser or whatever. And just does the simplest trick, the whole skateboard park's going to lose their mind and cheer on that kid it's very cohesive it's supportive it's about self-expression it's about being the best that you can be and being good where you are now and that's what we should be considering when doing peak performance sports winning mindset competition um it's more human it makes more sense it feels better and we can empower this with kids and and as an adult you have that opportunity to be that example in the world because it's still few and far between. Um, so I got on a rant trying to give it back to you, but anything that you wish um, that I asked, but it's been uh, a pleasure. You, you shared some very uh, practical and uh, 
epic wisdom on just peak performance and mindset that, you know, we can all apply today. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I just want, I had to say something about what you just mentioned, because I love it. I know we're like kindred spirits here. So it's kind of crazy. We could do this stuff all day long. Um, the, the idea of coming together and competing at the highest level is that we make each other better, not that we, oh, not that we shut somebody else down right? And it's like at the end of the day, it's, it's the iron sharpens iron. And that's why winners really want to get around other people, even if they make them really uncomfortable, but they're folks that got like, this person's going to make me better. And especially if I compete against them and it may not be comfortable, but they're going to make me better and I'm going to make them better. And we're going to go at this thing together. And yeah, there's going to be back and forth and jaw jacking and all the competition. But at the end of the day, it's who we become as a, as basically a, um, people that are looking to just, again, conspire to become better in their best selves, I think is so powerful. So no, I totally appreciate this. And I really, really, really admire the work that you're doing. Um, I've looked at it actually quite a bit. And um, it's pretty awesome. I love the thing you were talking about with kids, super powerful. And for you know, if there's anything that I can do to serve your listeners, certainly happy to, you know, people can find me through all the sort of normal channels, the social media things. The two best ways to probably um, get in touch, the first one is I have a private Facebook group called the CEO Athlete. And so, you know, if there are entrepreneurs, business owners, people or you know just top level executives that are competing in athletics whatever that is if it's running if it's triathlons if it's uh the mud races like like it doesn't doesn't matter croquet um but they're competing in some type of sport and pushing themselves that way that might be a great group to look into so the ceo athlete the other way that people can get in contact with me is just to send me a direct email Uh, my email address is info at bergfordperformance.com. Bergford or Bergford is spelled B-E-R-G, like an iceberg, and F-O-R-D, like the car company. So if you want to think about like if an iceberg and a truck, a Ford truck had a love child, that would be my last name. So info at bergfordperformance.com and just kick me over an email and say, hey, here's maybe my top one or two most important things I'm shooting for right now. And then um and or here's the biggest roadblock that I've been coming up against and uh, be happy to reach out and connect with people, maybe put a basic plan together. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on. Are there any closing thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, gosh, you know, it's just, it's just really an honor to, to be with you all. And I certainly hope that something in this has contributed in some way. There's some little spark or something that might have inspired you to maybe shift something. If I did that for one person, I am totally thrilled. But again, just honored that people take the time to be with us and hope that uh, I've added value. Awesome, man. Well, I think you have. I learned some. I took notes. Uh, so I appreciate you uh, for doing what you do. And uh, we'll definitely stay connected, man. Uh, also, all the support for what you do any way that I can help. Uh, you got it. Likewise. Take care, man. I appreciate your time. Okay. See you later. See you, everybody. 
All right, guys, that wraps up today's amazing episode. I hope that you enjoyed it, and it was full of just amazing tips and and ideas and strategies for peak performance and getting more of what you want out of life. If you want to go deeper in any of this in a one-on-one session, hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. I'm doing now 90-minute sessions uh, because I've opened up a little bit and some one-on-one more in-depth stuff. So just make an inquiry at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching, and I'm happy to dive deeper with anybody committed to doing the work and wanting to explore. Um, just a heads up, me, myself, David Lone Bear, um, and Clifford Mahuti, the Zuni, an elder of the Zuni people will be in Sedona. And for the first time, a Zuni and a Mi'kmaq elder, we're going to be sharing the information to the non-natives together. So this is a really special experience. Um, they're going to be entitling it Looking for the Star People because in their uh, history, it's the Star People of the Star Nations or the Sky People. Um, but this is their 20,000 year unbroken oral lineage. This is truly a massive deal. So um, if you're listening to this and you like the show, please support David Lone Bear. You can go to Lone Bear's Arts. Uh, you can contribute to what he's doing. That's what I'm doing with my time. And that's why I'm in Maine. I'm contributing and helping him get his message out because, you know, I think that I'm doing pretty good things with the podcast and the book, but uh, it's nothing compared to what, what he's about, what his knowledge is, what he's trying to share. And so I'm just using uh, myself as a tool to point the point that arrow at him say we need to be listening to this person because he's really saying some important stuff and um you know he's got he's got wisdom he's got a history he's got even technologies that can promote more coherence um you know so really a truly special person and we would love to see you in sedona so um check out distant ancient echoes on facebook uh hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com if you want us to come to where you are but hopefully we'll see you in sedona we would love to see you uh check out the zen athlete book if you haven't um if you want uh some free binaural beats uh, my sponsor forgot to mention is uh uh uh, sync tuition go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and they're legit binaural beat 3d sound experiences they're really amazing and so if you use that code you're going to get three free tracks and you can just listen to them on repeat because they're amazing um, i appreciate everybody supporting on patreon if you do like the port podcast please uh, share leave a review take an action and go to patreon.com and just just toss a dollar in the bucket and it really goes a long way to help me keep doing this and i do kind of need your support um but it's been happening but support would be super great too um so thank you guys so much for just coming along and even listening to these podcasts that alone in itself is is beautiful for me so um and it's all i require nothing you know but i just want you know these to be for you uh to help the community grow to bring more kindness compassion love coherence um collaboration on the planet you know helping each other giving a hand up not pushing a hand down and so the fact that you're committing and wanting to learn this stuff and go deeper and better yourself it it means a lot so thank you so much for being here uh sending a big love over the airwaves all my encouragement love well wishes and before we close it down i'll just uh invite you to come to a state of quick peace and coherence So wherever you are in the world, just taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just make the commitment to come to total peace and coherence now and go about your day with joy, gratitude, and appreciation, knowing that you control your mindset and perspective. Just let that breath out slowly with all the to-do list, all the tasks, all the stresses, realizing you can just drop those and do everything that you got to do in a more empowering state. Take in another deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath in. Just doubling the feeling of love, appreciation, and gratitude and owning your own perspective and and managing your perspective in a powerful and positive way. Letting that breath out slowly. 
Now one more deep breath in through your nose and really just doubling this feeling of love and gratitude and just sending out your energy to everybody on the podcast and on the planet, sending them your love, appreciation, gratitude, forgiveness if necessary. I'm sending you all of my love, peace, gratitude, appreciation, coherence, well wishes for you to remember that you're amazing and you can do anything that you want on this planet and just feel connected to divine source, spirit, to each other, to all of the earth. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will see you in the next one. Have an amazing day.